who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. <laughs> hey, everybody. Oh, wow. Hi. Wow. Hello. Um, hello. Before we get started today, there are some things we must address. You are listening to the preamble of our episode for Life Serial, which was taped live. Uh on the internet live on the live internet streamingly. Uh, it was quite fun i think there were about like 500 of you all there in the chat uh and it was a, it was a special day not only of course because we had a live event jenny um but i, I think there was something else special about that particular day there it was a miraculous <laughs> it was the anniversary of a most miraculous event uh <laughs> celebrated around the globe by many the anniversary of my birth November 22nd, happy birthday to me. I would like to thank some very special Scoobies who, before we hit record, like you won't hear it in the episode, but, but in the live hang, uh, Lauren, Scooby Lauren, performed <laughs> upon the euphonium a mashup of Band Candy and Happy Birthday. Happy Band Candy, as I like to think of it. Wow. Uh, that was very special, and I really appreciated it. And Lorena made a cake. Now, this is interesting. Now, this is a great technique, I think. Lorena made a cake that said, happy birthday, Jenny. But there was literally no way for me to eat the cake. So use this time in isolation wisely mm-hmm. to bake for thyself, mm-hmm. and but also honor your loved ones. Uh, so th- special thanks to Lauren and Lorena. Thank you so much. And oh, thank you so much for Kristen Russo for okay. secretly oh, right. organizing okay. and okay. conspiring to honor before, the blessed day of my birth. Before we started recording, I was like, feel free to give me credit for also helping. And Je- Jenny did that just seamlessly, just so smoothly. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yes, it was it was great fun. And if you listen real closely at the end of this episode, there's a little euphonium a woo for you. So don't 
Miss. <laughs> that blank your ears. Yes. Um, also, of course, this was a live episode, and it was the first time that we did a live taping digitally with guests, which was just a chaotic good time. We had oh yes, Latoya Ferguson and Joanna Robinson. I don't even need to tell you any more about either of those two people because you know both of them well. And a time we had, a time we had indeed, uh, as a matter of fact, we had such a time that Joanna Robinson on her second entrance into this episode forgot to turn on record. And that wouldn't (laughs) normally be too big of a deal. And she only missed about 40 seconds. You know, it was just 40 seconds and she remembered. She hit record. The only reason that it was that it is a big deal is because in that 40 seconds, Joanna had appeared on screen and told us all that she had done some research into sapphire dildos. She presented us with a picture of the sapphire dildo that she had found. Now, so that is like very critical, critical missing information. Um, so I'm giving it to you here. Uh, and at the end of the episode today, after the song, Crazy. there's just a little snippet of LaToya, Jenny, and myself cackling to the high heavens as Joanna shows us some beautiful photos of the sapphire dildo. Also, just want to let you know here at the top that uh, the sapphire dildo is actually relevant to the episode. Uh, it wasn't <laughs> Isn't just a sapphire dildo relevant to every episode, Jenny. Perhaps. Um, things we don't have in our store: sapphire dildos. Unfortunately, true. Uh, things we do have in our store. Well, first of all, we released a couple weeks ago uh, a gorgeous candle that was created by Solis Illuminatum, and also the label was designed by Isabella Rotman. It's gorgeous. It's the most beautiful thing we've ever had in the store. And you sold it out very quickly. Um, there's a handful of unscented candles that remain in the store. But we're we're planning and we're plotting to bring something similar back your way uh, in a couple of months. So mm, thanks for loving the candle yes. as much as we did. Uh, yeah. Also, also in the store, but leaving Thursday, tomorrow, 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 is a very special T-shirt designed by Werewolf Girlfriend. It is uh, a T-shirt that is an outline of the state of Georgia. And inside of the state of Georgia, you can see a little beeper pager. Uh, and it says, if the apocalypse comes, peach me. Uh, it's really <laughs> freaking cute. I love it so much. And uh, we're selling it through tomorrow after tomorrow, it will be gone forever, and every dollar and cent that we make is going to be sent to Act Blue's Fair Fight fundraising efforts. Those fundraising efforts are the ones that Stacey Abrams herself directed us toward. We raised almost $3,000 with a raffle for the same effort, um, and so everything that we earn from this t-shirt will go to that as well. So, hell, yes. Yeah. BufferingTheVampireSlayer.com. Click on shop or store, whatever it says, and uh, it is. this is only in the U.S. store. Uh, and thanks thanks to those of you who have already snagged a shirt and been part of this action. Speaking of action, it's time for the results of your last episode's Sexual Tension Awards. Now, I am, well, I'm disappointed, but I'm also like, can I blame you? I don't know. This was a collection of very compelling candidates, uh, and I'm sad to see... In fourth place, (laughs) Butterscotch and Blood Pudding with 13% of the vote, Riley and Willow and Angel Mm -hmm. all together Mm -hmm. in one bowl. Okay, then in in third place with 14% of the vote, it's Tito and the Zand. Mm. Did Tito and the Zand get a lot of the vote last time or are they? No, you know, they've, they've, they've just been really struggling against the competition. Okay, yeah, the competition is... 
stiff. <laughs> and with that, I'll say uh, fucking rigor mortis. Anyone with 30 percent with 36 percent of the vote <laughs> in second place, it's Buffy and Spike. And then with but one percent more of the popular vote as well, 37 percent mm-hmm. in first place. Uh, is it a seam ripper? No. Is it a sciz- a pair of scissors? Nay. It's a letter opener and Buffy's skirt united at last, coming together to fight evil. Hooray! Congrats to Buffy's skirt and the letter opener. These inanimate objects will be receiving their trophy in the mail. Uh, presently congratulations uh to everybody i usually can sort of glare at jenny or roll my eyes at jenny but she can't see me on zoom right now so i hope that the small piece of my shoulder that you can see is expressing my eye rolls at your nonsense i your hilarious experience nothing nonsense (laughs) um hey guess what we're doing a couple of very fun things this saturday that is december yay 12. 2 p.m. Eastern, all of our patrons are invited to join us for a live watch of a very special episode that you know <gasps> as Amends. Not tis only- the season, whatever that means. Tis, tis, Jenny. And not only is this the episode where we get Joyce and Faith together, we get Hell yes. the, the historical blizzard of 1999 oh, yeah. or whatever. The great this- Sunnydale snowstorm, right. snowstorm of 99. I- <laughs> uh, but we also get, this is the origin episode of the name of Angel on Top, our Angel podcast. So there's a lot of fun shit in this episode. Uh, If you're a patron of ours, you can join us to watch Amends together 2 p.m. 2 p.m. Eastern, that is, on December the 12th. And just a reminder for this, for the next thing I'm about to talk about, for anything that is digitally offered on our Patreon, all of our Black and Indigenous listeners can access that for free. Just go to bufferingthevampireslayer.com slash just keep fighting. If you want to become a patron, you can do that on that website. Just click on Patreon. We make it really easy. Um, hey, I I just did some mental hell math and stop writing your emails right now. I want to correct myself and say that it was the great Sunnydale snowstorm of 1998. Oh. Because it's about to turn into 1999, but we're not there yet. I see. Okay, 98. Thank you for that correction, Jenny. Three mm-hmm, thirty mm-hmm. p.m. Eastern time. So just a just a mere moment after we finish watching Amends, uh, Jenny, you're going to delight us with some holiday songs, aren't you? I friggin' am. We're going to bust out the Yule log, you know. <laughs> deck the friggin' I that halls. That, I think that belongs in the sexual tension award section of this intro. But um, mm. all that <laughs> to say, it's going to be like. Be- Tis the season, whatever that means. La 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 la. Anyway, we're gonna do a sing along. We're gonna do a hang, and this this is for all of our ten dollar and higher patrons. So come join us December the twelfth, two p.m. Eastern for the watch, three thirty p.m. Eastern for the sing along. Uh, and perhaps I'll make some cocoa. Who knows what will happen? Ooh. Mine will include mini marshmallows. I'm on um, I'm on nice. Team Spike for this one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What else can we tell you? Just a few things. Brittany Ashley will be guest hosting on next week's Angel on Top. So that's something you can look forward to. We're going to be taking the week of the 25th off for some holiday. I can never remember what it is. And we'll be back on December 30th with our episode for All the Way. Hell yes. 
One quick email before we roll into this live episode. Jenny, this email came from Kai. We asked a couple questions about plumbing last week. Don't you worry. Hell yeah. Kai has got us to confirm your suspicions. The plumbing stuff is bullshit. First of all, there's not enough pressure (laughs) to make those pipes explode all at one second unless things are done very differently in Southern California. The pipe that Buffy attempts to fix is not a water pipe. That Uh, type of pipe and fitting is used for gas. Thirdly, if the pipes were replaced, it would probably be with PEX, plastic, flexible pipe. It's cheaper, so Buffy should ask Tito to price that out. Thank you, Kai. We can all rest easy going into this uh, holiday season that if our pipes burst, they shan't burst like that. (laughs) Uh, What a blessing. Yes. Uh, Well, Jenny, are you ready to walk back into the land of your birthday? Yes! Take me back to (laughs) when I was freshly 39. (laughs) Here we go. Now it's like we're in the theater. You're all taking your seats. Jenny and I are backstage. Yeah. And then Kristen plays the edited credits that we are we've mm. been inserted into. And everyone it gets to me and everyone's like, Wow, yeah. <laughs> then it gets to Kristen and everyone's like tight. Yeah, that's that's also wow. chill. Wow. But it's wow. Jenny's birthday. So wow. we're gonna make sure her cheer is the just kidding. Oh my wow. god, we love Kristen just as much. And then in the credits, of course, uh, the Buffy the Vampire Slayer theme would sort of like uh, you can maybe do the guitar out, Jenny. And then we fucking trot out onto stage. Kristen walks very sophisticatedly, and then I do kind of like dog laps around the stage. Uh, with my cape flapping in the breeze. And then we sit down at a table covered in a black tablecloth available from any catering supply store. And then we lean in towards our microphones on their tabletop stands. And I say, Hello! And welcome to Buffering the Vampire Slayer, a (laughs) podcast where we're watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one by one, spoiler free. I am birthday girl Jenny Owen Youngs. And the crowd goes wild they probably break into a coordinated happy birthday song for jenny yeah lauren's there playing the euphonium it's beautiful buffering (laughs) listeners bringing back the flash mob one more time just like buffy was resurrected at the beginning of the season oh and then i say though it is not my birthday i am Kristen russo same age as your host Jenny Owen Youngs, and this week, this very special week, we're talking about Buffy, season six, episode five, Life Cereal, spelled S-E-R-I-A-L, a pun on the breakfast food. Stay Get tuned it. at the end of this podcast every other week for an original song written by Jenny, sometimes with help from Kristen, recapping mm. the Buffy episode we are discussing. 
Life Serial was written by David Fury and Jane Espenson and directed by lover of consonants <laughs> Nick Mark Nick and Mark. originally aired on October 23rd, 2001. But I'll tell you what, today <laughs> is November 22nd, 2020, and it is zero days before <laughs> or after my 39th birthday. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to you, Jenny. Welcome to Sagittarius season. Oh, it's time. Oh. It's time. We're there. We've waited. We've waited through all the other seasons and we've finally arrived. I'm Are you ready for fun facts? <laughs> Are you ready for spontaneous adventure? I'm ready. Personally. Okay. I'm personally cool. ready. Hey, um, IMDb tells us that this is the episode where <clears throat> Buffy's powers are tested by Andrew, Jonathan, and Warren, who seek to expose and exploit her weaknesses in an effort to destroy her. Hmm. Three white men trying to find Buffy's weaknesses in an effort to mm. destroy her. Hmm. But first, <laughs> Buffy's back from her road trip and... Just like every time I have gone to visit my 245-year-old re-insold vampire boyfriend after I was recently resurrected after five months in the ground, after those meetings of which there have been many, mm-hmm. uh, I always pick up fried chicken on the way home myself. Always. That always. is me. No call. No, don't check in. Just get a bucket of fried chicken. It gives us a couple of things. It gives us, of course, the moment of Buffy realizing that, you know, life had kind of gone on without her. She left. She went to see Angel. I want to say, uh, as you well know, we have special guest LaToya Ferguson. And so we're not going to ruminate on Angel and Buffy and their meeting here. We're going to wait for LaToya. Damn right. We would not dare uh, to step on LaToya's toes in terms of, any speculation about no. this Buffy Angel Trist? You know, I read, so there's a there's a Dark Horse comic. It's called Reunion. It's in two parts. And it's written, I believe, by Jane Espenson called Reunion, if I didn't already just say that. And the- <laughs> you did. <laughs> I did. Narrator I voice. I tell- she did. <laughs> I can tell from your face that I did. <laughs> uh, so I read it today because I thought like, oh, this will tell us what happened. But all the comic is is Willow, Xander, and Dawn, um, and Anya imagining what happened. Like, there's actually no confirmation. I will say that Anya's imagination takes her to a Denny's in Oxnard, which I am a personal fan of. I do think Oxnard is probably about the halfway point uh, between these two. Anyway... We learn that Buffy has arrived with chicken and everybody's eating. Giles tries to fucking play it off in a very hilarious moment. (laughs) We didn't eat yet. And then he's like, I definitely am chewing on food right now. Yeah, yeah. I have to tell the truth. And it also gives us, I actually don't like this at all, but it gives us a little quip between Willow and Tara. Jenny, do you want to talk to everybody about that quip? Well, what happens is... Everybody's saying, everybody's just trying to make Buffy feel better and uh, requesting specific pieces of chicken from her bucket. And Willow says, I'm a breast girl myself. And then she looks at Tara and says, but then you knew that already. Tara's stoked. Tara's so Um, stoked. Giles is all of us. I don't know. Maybe you're you're either a Tara or or a Giles in this situation. Just don't do this in front of Giles, I think would be the main... 
take away. In front away. of dad, you're going to say you're yeah. a breast girl and then look at your girlfriend's breasts? It's a lot. It's a lot for me to handle. Uh, yeah. So after we get that beautiful exchange, you know, they really make Willow talk about boobs a lot. I was just remembering that she also had that moment with the eggs where they were shaking at her, jiggling at her. Remember the boob eggs? Oh. Now, those are some... <clears throat> boobs i'd rather not remember or whatever <laughs> i the jiggle the it's just the jiggling of eggs of of yeah fried eggs is not not for jenny getting really off the point sorry 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 no it's my fault it's actually breasts fault it's the fault of breasts um can i tell you how angry i am i wish you would i need to know buffy's been back from the dead for what a couple weeks, maybe? Like, how long has she been back? Give her the most. Let's give her the most amount of time she's been back. Yeah. Yeah. What, however long she... she's been back, it has not been long enough for anybody to be asking her, what are you going to do with your life? Exactly. She sits down and Giles is like, so... also, she sits down like minutes after arriving back from reuniting with her ensouled ex-boyfriend uh, after he thought that she was dead. She was dead. And now... And you're going to be like, so what are your plans? So that's first point of anger is hold hold up. It's way too soon for this. Second point of anger is she's the slayer. This will run through my discussion of this episode. <laughs> she's the one. The one. Well, actually, sorry, Faith. She's <laughs> technically one of two. Slayers on the face of this earth, and so far as we are to understand... And they're asking her what she wants to do with her life? I Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with right. you. Thank you. But, you know, they're going to just think up some stuff that she could try out this episode to see if any of it's for her. <laughs> the first thing that she is going to try out is auditing classes. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Meanwhile. <laughs> Meanwhile. Oh, my God. Jonathan rocking a polo shirt. Just absolutely destroying this polo shirt. <laughs> So this is actually, uh, if I'm not mistaken, a rugby shirt indicated by the sort of like um, the contrast color uh, collar and then like the thicker stripes. And that, that I'm not sure I wasn't trying to be corrective. No, no, I, just, I, I, you know. I can tell because you've gotten the studious Jenny look to your face. I, like very serious. Okay. <laughs> well... <laughs> The thing is that usually what makes a rugby shirt work to me is like bold colors and like high contrast. But for some reason, Jonathan is wearing a like beige and slightly darker beige striped rugby shirt, which is like, yeah. I'm wondering if it's a message about these boys. Mm, you know what I mean? Beige? Yeah. A little, a little too much beige for comfort. They're just kind of, you know. Yeah. It's a lot. They're they're, you know, rolling around in that money that they got last episode. Still, mm. we saw that they had installed like a periscope and gotten some other things they had upgraded, I think, from their bean bags, although to be honest with you, maybe they kept the bean bags. And they are There's they, a bean bag in the freaking van later, is what I'll well, tell so you. Well, so maybe they moved, maybe they relocated the bean bags to the van. It's a nice van. It's it is very like it's very technologically advanced. It even has one of those little fucking news 
fuse hatches at the top where the fucking thing can come out, you know? Uh, and they're like, we're going to, they set up the, the plot of this episode. We are going to test the weaknesses of the Slayer, which, I mean, you know, we're not going to give the trio credit many times. Um, but, but this is a good concept. It is a good concept. It is. It is a good concept to find out, like, how she reacts to things. They say at one point in the episode, like, we've logged her reaction time and her this and her that. That's, that's pretty smart. Um, Andrew... Bless. He has sp- beautiful, beautiful spray paint art by Andrew on the side of this van. Um, This is an incredible rendering of the Death Star. He's just airbrushing it up, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. which is tight, but is not discreet. Uh, and then Andrew and Jonathan get into a fight about um, where a specific port or something is supposed to be. And like yeah. they're talking about different designs, different movies that was an inferior design it's very you wanna i like when they have tantrums at each other joanna robinson is here and yeah i don't know if you know this about joanna robinson but i think that like she might have some information on like white men and their relationships to things um like star wars and how perhaps there's you know maybe just a little bit of toxicity in in the fandom i don't know i mean maybe she doesn't know anything about that but um, I will say that as uh, somebody who has recently watched all of the Star Wars movies, that I don't really know much about any of what they're saying. But since Andrew picks the Death Star from Return of the Jedi, I'm going to side with Andrew, even though I have no other idea except for the fact that, like, through the first three movies. That's my opinion. Thank you very okay. much. Thank you, wow. Joanna, for allowing me to have that opinion. Okay, hot Hot takes coming in hot with the takes. Got a lot of takes. Then we go to the credits. Then the credits are over. And things sure have have changed at college since Buffy's day. Back when you said Professor Walsh instead of like Mike. (laughs) You know, I I had a thought like to just take us a few focus points back for a second. I was thinking about it because it is like so many of the scenes in this episode are so extreme. This scene, it's just like, Willow. would Willow really not have been like, yeah, this is a fast-paced situation to just drop into? And the the sitting down at the table and asking her about her life. And so I think it's just the way the episode is written. But I also thought, you know, sometimes we think about perspectives and how, like, maybe it's this extreme because it's actually from this person's perspective. And, you know, we're seeing that Buffy is obviously experiencing depression and for sure PTSD. I mean, she's dug herself out of her own grave. Um, and so I, I do wonder, too, if some of this is reflecting not necessarily <laughs> to play on the class discussion, the reality, the you know, there are multiple realities. Right. And so it could feel it's possible that this episode is set up to show us that this is how it feels to be Buffy right now, that like literally no one is taking a beat. It's so much more extreme than perhaps it is. Or everybody's an asshole. I don't know. I mean, it's got to I have it has to be perception because Willow is not even listening to the response that comes before her when she jumps in. She's busy having a conversation with Buffy. So either it is purely like, you know, uh, designed to be Buffy's perspective for us, the viewer, or this class is so, um, what's the word when like, you know, stuff is just like, like incestual. No, no, no. <laughs> Whoa. Wrong well, class. Like, like, like... Kristen. <laughs> uh, Sorry. It just, there was a lot of, I think, yeah, I think you want this. a song of ice and fire. One Oh one. That's down the hall. Actually. <laughs> 
But just like, I mean, incestual in a way where like this class is just like all about this class and they only talk about, right. you know. I think about like I more like, like, like how like uh, <laughs> one style of education is just to get kids to memorize information without like necessarily doing too much work to think about like how that information fits into the larger context of the world that we live in. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Uh, so Buffy's obviously feeling super lost. Uh, nobody's really comforting her in that in any sense. Uh, and then we go to the hallway and Warren, you know, again, not a, not a bad move. He slams directly into Buffy with his little hat, his little disguise hat and his little disguise hoodie and plants this fucking Omega Pulse sequence generator on her, oh her body. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh Willow, God. in true Willow form, glares at the uh, figure leaving and says, Rudo, which I just, lo- I love when we get an old Willow-ism, you know? This is literally me in seventh grade. <laughs> Rudo? Dorko? No, it would, be, it would be specifically addressing the fact that someone was like rude or impolite mm. and that that was like a breach of the social contract. Um, <laughs> I was very popular in seventh grade, so... So this thing starts happening, right? The Omega Pulse sequence is, I guess, created, again, a play on, like, what they were discussing in the class. It's created, like, a second reality for Buffy where her time moves slower. and Or it, it her, the time is off. I was trying to figure it out, and it, every time I tried to figure it out, it gave me a headache. I was like, why don't, like, why wouldn't Tara notice that she's left Buffy in the hall? Do the people see her or feel her or experience her when they're kicking her, like, outside later? Like, what? what is the, how do these two realities interface with each other? You know what I'm saying? It doesn't make a whole lot of sense, I think. I mean, when, okay, <laughs> first of all, if you're, like, talking to somebody <laughs> and they like spaced out for I don't know five minutes do you think you would just like walk away from them slowly until you were at the end of the hall calling back to them like hey are you coming to class also how is the force of people who are walking at regular speed kicking Buffy across the lawn well that's why I feel like there's more somebody said in the chat metaphysics and I think that's really what we have to jock this entire episode up to because there's Just no, I don't know, you know, maybe LaToya or Joanna will have some input in what the fuck is going on in this time sequence, because I sure don't know. Uh, But it's very traumatizing. Buffy very, very uh, aptly crawls under this table to sort of protect her body and then is like, something must be on me and finds this like little piece of essentially evil lint, which she calls it later. Um, It looks like Warren bought this at Claire's Boutique. It the, looks like the a dot. It's like a. It's yes. like a little. It's like a it looks sticker. Like a single it's like a rhinestone. Stud. Yeah, yeah, it is. I'm sorry. Did we completely skate over introduction to pies? Pies. When when Buffy comes out of Mike's class and she's talking about how it was like really like whipping past her, she and she's like talking about how she wants to maybe take something that's like a, like ease back into college by maybe taking a class more her speed, such as introduction to pies. Oh. I just wanted to say that if anyone is offering that course, I would like to take it. Thank you. Also, sorry, just to uh, tread back over the other stuff that we missed. The other thing that I wanted to say is that Tara references when she's like telling Buffy a story that Buffy only hears the beginning of. She says, once Willow and I were watching SpongeBob SquarePants. Who lives in a pineapple under the sea? 
Uh, SpongeBob SquarePants, actually. <laughs> Thank you for asking. Yes, that's the good. That's the part of Tara's dialogue that I like. The part I don't like is when she talks about Willow's yummy face. I just just don't like it. I don't like it. I ah. I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. Like I have my limits in what I can take, and and that is one of mine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. You know, Jenny, they get into the van and uh, they start talking about how many points Warren has gotten. So we learn that there is a score system here. Do you have any, you know, idea of how this score system works? It uh, feels very arbitrary to me. <laughs> They're like, it feels extremely... They also never return to these points when the other two compete. 220 for Warren. Whatever that means. <laughs> Literally. Hell, math. Jenny, I think it's time for uh, a slight costume change. Uh, so are you are you ready for that? Yes, I'm ready. This is the jingle I thought you were queuing up. No, this uh, is, the this scene we're about to. to scoot over to. For the listeners at home... We're wearing hard hats. You know that. You saw it on social media. Oh, yeah. Uh, But also the hard hats have gotten a new look because we have our over-the-ear headphones on one ear and then over the top of the hard hat (laughs) and sort of sitting on the outer edge of the hard hat. It's a look. We look look very cool. So cool. no other way to say it. We look amazing. We look strong, capable, and not the way that these construction workers perceive Buffy when she rolls up with Xander. Oh boy! Oh I mean, boy! What's you know what jingle is coming? I mean, this fucking season is just one big fucking play of this jingle. But let's talk about it a little bit before we get there. Xander's brought Buffy onto the site uh, to do a little construction work. She looks adorable. She's got some pigtails. She's got some daisies uh, adorning those pigtails. She's carrying a little pink lunchbox. Uh, adorable. She looks ready. And (laughs) sorry, somebody in the chat just said, girl, get your jingle finger ready. (laughs) You got me. You got me. Amanda, you got me. Even if Tony feels like this, (laughs) why would he say it aloud? It just like the mind reels. Are people really this terrible? This feels I have a hard time suspending my disbelief for this scene more than like the swamp monsters that are about to hit in a couple minutes. You know I what don't, I mean? It's just I don't. so extreme. I but... don't think it is. I mean, it is in like, it should never happen, but I don't think it's that extreme. I mean, I, I think the thing that is extreme to me is that Xander doesn't tell them to fucking stop. That's what's a little, and like Xander of season one, Xander, if he's like afraid of losing his job, he's like up there in the ranks of this construction crew. He doesn't fucking say anything. They they call her Gidget, which like, And Brittany. And Princess. No offense to Princesses, Gidget, or Brittany. The point is that Gidgets, Brittany's, and Princesses can fucking do this shit, too. Fuck you. You don't know somebody's strength until they fucking try to lift a beam up. And now I'm going to play it because I'm mad. The Patriarchy! If you told me a few years ago that I would be sitting inside of a closet wearing a hard hat uh, playing the patriarchy jingle, 
I would have not understood. Even if you are gidgeting and Britneying and princessing all over this girl that you've never met before, mm-hmm. uh, because you are an ass, mm-hmm. wouldn't once you watch her pick up a like multiple hundred pound steel beam, wouldn't you shut the fuck up? Like, no, no, wouldn't it's you? Like, no, take you wouldn't. Knee? You wouldn't, Jenny. You know why? Because it goes from. We're men and we're stronger than you because obviously you're wearing pigtails to, oh, fuck, you're wearing pigtails and you're stronger than me. My masculinity is threatened. There is no winning space in this equation. And that is what this scene so beautifully illustrates. Oh, men of construction. (laughs) My heart cries out to you. We're all victims of the patriarchy, yourselves included. We are men of construction. <laughs> Anyhow, the van's there. And thank God uh, Andrew painted over the Death Star because now it's not conspicuous at all. It's just blending in and there, I'm sure that will last. Their binoculars. <laughs> They're binoculars. The biggest binoculars I've ever seen. Their binoculars are so big that you can actually, if you watch closely, you can see the crew, like the actual filming crew, uh, in the reflection of the glasses. <laughs> you can see like the camera guys. That's how big it is. Did you notice that on your own? Or... No, I didn't. I didn't. I, I read it somewhere and then on my watch today I saw it. Um, Fantastic. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, They have this, you know, there's a lot of, I think what is important to begin noticing is the silliness of the trio, as we will now begin calling them since they have referred to themselves as such. Uh, They they have all these like really slapsticky moments, you know, they're like very like, how could these guys be a threat in any way, shape or form? They're like arguing about two o'clock and four o'clock. They're fucking whatever. So Andrew uses his pan flute in the back of the van, and he summons this trio of Alex Mack demons. I call them that because of the way they melt. I want to mention that um, while Andrew is playing the pan pipes, the whole thing with pan pipes is the each pipe is a different length, which creates a different pitch, and he moves his, his mouth acro- across them, but, 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 but the pitch just stays the, the same. And... Mm. Um, I reject it. Continuity. You got to get into those wiki sites, the Buffy wiki. You got to put that in the continuity. You got to let the people know, you know? That's how mm. we find things out. Mm. Uh, so Buffy kills the demons. Of course she does. She's doing full gymnast moves at one point, using like a pipe in the ceiling to do some kicks. She's using the metal wire. She's using the fucking uppy-downy thing. Yeah, yeah, the uppy-downy thing. The stretch mobile. I would like to put out a call to our listeners. If anybody knows what the uppy-downy stretch mobile is is called uh, formally, what its mother named it, if you could uh, email us at bufferingthevampireslayer at gmail.com I would love that. Thanks. A cherry picker, somebody said. A scissor lift. A pulley. There's a lot of theory. A hydraulic press. I like that test. That's a good one. Uh, Scissor. Everybody is trying to say scissor lift so fast that everyone is spelling scissor lift wrong. (laughs) A scissoring loft. A scissoring scissoring loft. (laughs) Hell yeah. We, as two queer women, we will choose scissor lift. Scissor lift is the official name of this. Why would it be called a scissor lift? Anyway, uh, because the 
the joints uh, <laughs> scissor as it extends upwards. And if you ever, if you ever wondered why you should attend a live taping, you have no idea the hand gestures that you have been missing in the last five minutes alone from Jenny Owen Youngs. It's been absolutely phenomenal. Buffy kills the demons, and the van is super, like you said, good thing they painted over that Death Star. Um, but they're so excited about what's happening inside that fucking Andrew lays on the fucking horn. And it's all like honk, honk, honkity, honk, honk, honkity, honk, honk, honkity, honk. Wow. Which is, which is, there could be no better cue than that one to bring Joanna Robinson onto stage. and ready to go. Hello. <laughs> Hi. Thank you for playing me in with honkity honk honk. <laughs> um, yeah, real joy. John Williams would be so proud. So thank you. Yeah, do you think me. that he gets a royalty on the, the sale of that horn? I'm, I'm guessing you can only get so many prefabbed horn <laughs> melodies and you have to buy them. They must yeah, be officially licensed. Yeah, it's like licensed. La Cucaracha and the Star Wars <laughs> yes. theme. Yeah, that's it. totally. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, Joanna, you have a lot of feelings about Buffy in general, you know? I would love to hear yeah. would love to hear all of your thoughts on this episode, but this just seemed like a brilliant place to enter, um, given your experience uh, career-wise and pop culture-wise. Well, I would love to talk about the trio, um, because I think they're so interesting. I know we're still early days in the season, but, uh, and I think you and I talked about this a little bit when I was pinch hitting for Jenny, but like the trio is so fascinating to me because, okay, so we've got Warren who had a really creepy introduction to the series. Like, you know, Ugh. the whole like Buffy bot times, like that's one of the creepier sort of monster of the week situations that we've seen. And then we have Jonathan, who's like one of the more like sympathetic, you know, uh, villain of the week, if you want to call him that, you know, he's in the background of the series for so long. He gives Buffy the umbrella like he means so much to the series. So you have these two characters and then you have Andrew, who's someone we've never met before. But Tom Link is such like a fun, chaotic like addition. And so you just don't know exactly how seriously you're supposed to take these these boys. They're really funny. Warren is a creep, but Jonathan we love. So is this just like something to laugh at or is it something to be worried about? And I think that is so interesting, the way mm -hmm. that they sort of Trojan horse these guys in here. So yeah. yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And I've written about this season. This season was not one that I liked uh, very much when I was watching it live, as did like a lot of fans called this uh, season sucks. Uh, and and season something else, which I won't say because it's probably considered a spoiler. But yeah, it wasn't very popular. And um, but I think in retrospect, and like for a couple reasons, like one is um, I don't know how much you guys have talked about this already, right? But like Joss has spread himself thin because he's doing Angel and Firefly at this time. He leaves mm -hmm. Marty in charge. Um, Marty Noxon, we love, of course, but like Marty Noxon leading the show is gonna feel different than Joss mm -hmm. leading the show. And I think 
you know, I didn't love it at the time because I loved high school Buffy. That was like my Buffy. Um, but watching it years later, I'm like season six is really prescient in a lot of ways in terms of what it has to say about this, exactly this kind of like toxic online, like fandom, nerddom, male, white male driven sort of thing. It's fun to watch the boys debate like Star Wars or later James Bond or whatever it is. Like that's fun, like funny, nerdy, Kevin Smith-esque sort of like on-screen nerd representation. But like the fact that the show is interested in, you know, and I think we can say that based on this, like what they put Buffy through the, in this episode alone, like mm-hmm. they're interested in in something really damaging as well in order to show their own power. And that uh, I've come to really appreciate this season for that reason. So a yeah. lot of people in the chat, Joanna, are asking your opinions on some of the arguments had by the trio. I don't know oh. if you have any. Uh, <laughs> they're asking your thoughts on the Death Star. They're asking. Oh, they, actually, I don't know if anybody asked, but I'm curious about the Bond argument. Do you? Do you feel? I also have some Bond input. Okay, Not, okay. I just I want to be part of things. <laughs> okay. Panicking. Let me talk about Bond too. Uh, well. But yeah, so maybe we could take a minute and uh, you can both discuss. I have really not much input apart from what I already said. I don't know, Jenny. Do you have strong Death Star feelings? I have actually neg like zero, yeah. less than zero feelings yeah. about the Death Star. <laughs> yeah. Whatever the opposite of deep interest is, that's how I feel about which Death Stars should be used <laughs> great, there. Great, great, um, great, great. But I support but it on the side this. of a van. Like, in general, having a Death yes. Star on the side of your van, I think, is a great is a great <laughs> look. Um, totally. But, like, which one it is. You could do even do Starkiller base. I don't really care. Um, mm-hmm. And then, but Bonds, like, Jenny, do you have strong, strong Bond feelings? Okay, these are my Bond feelings. Um, as far as I'm concerned... Uh, as like as far as my brain is concerned, uh, James Bond is Pierce Brosnan because that's the Bond that was like happening when I was paying attention, you know. Right. But so I did some googling, uh, and I looked at Sean Connery, Timothy Dalton, and Roger Moore as Bond in uh-huh. a variety of of uh, settings, and th- these are my findings. Roger Moore seems like a fucking snooze. Timothy Dalton, I thought I would be into because I just watched the original strain of Penny Dreadful and I was like, hot grandpa, cool vibe. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and I thought I would Mustache be like, King. wow. Yeah. And like, he looks smoking hot in like a handful of Bond picks, mm. but mostly he looks like goofy or like he's about to do a prank or something. Yeah. <laughs> so um, his personal life completely removed from the equation like whatever we might think of him as a person to the side sean connery on paper or on a silver screen in a tuxedo with the hair and everything like that's of these three options that one looks the coolest and i feel like that is like 95 percent of james bond someone in the chat just said jenny owen young's bond hunkologist thank you krista did i fuck up joanna please tell me how no i don't think you did um connery i agree number one bond classic bond number one bond uh i actually put daniel craig as number two bond just because like i think what he was doing that character is pretty interesting Bras and Bond rakes really high for me because I was that age. Um, I completely agree. But I think people who enjoy the larger franchise would put Roger Moore above. Uh, the, they love Roger Moore. I don't get it. I'm with you. I watched it. I don't get it. I don't get the Roger Moore appeal. But like, 
People seem to love him. And then Timothy Dalton, it's tough because D- Dalton was hired because Pierce Brosnan couldn't get out of his TV contract. And basically, like, Timothy Dalton and Pierce Brosnan do, like, the same flavor bond. And mm. so you're like, Pierce did it a little bit better. So, like, hot fuzz villain, Timothy Dalton, number one, hot fuzz villain. But Pierce Brosnan is going to be a better bond for me. <laughs> so those are my bond opinions and my trio opinions. Um, I think it's really, I think it's brilliant what they did, right? Because I loved Jonathan. You love Jonathan. I'm not saying you won't love Jonathan at the end of this season. You might, but like that this complicates that and yeah. forces you to reckon with that um, mm-hmm. in a way that is more complicated than just like bringing Warren back by himself or something like that. So when I was thinking about season six of Buffy, I was thinking about it like, through the lens of the conversation that we're having about we we were having when I wrote that I think it was 2017 we were having a lot of discussions about about Joss and like Joss's behavior personally and how that impacted our feelings about this show that we love to have you know someone who's a comp, let's say complicated to be uh, as hands off as possible a person you know in the driver's seat of that story like what does that mean what is what kind of feminism is on display in the show mm-hmm. um, and so for this season to examine the like the 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 white boy nerdery and in some of the like frankly some of the tendencies we've seen from Xander that the show hasn't always been interested in interrogating I feel like it's finally getting around to interrogating so uh, do you have um all of this feels really fun to say with a hard hat on uh yeah before <laughs> I, I just want to know and and maybe like Maybe the answer is in here in the conversation already about the the things that we've discussed. But, like, you know, I do think that I've heard from a lot of people indirectly, and I believe you've experienced directly some of the toxicity in fandoms. Um, and, and I just wonder if you have anything to say about that. Like, there is a conscious decision to make these guys love these properties that, like, we love, right? I mean, yeah. like, that that are in this um, space. And so, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there's not anything smart to say. But if there is, I know that you'd be the person to say it. <laughs> Well, I mean, ex- exactly. It's it was it's so early. That's what this is. That that really surprises me. That this like this season happens before GamerGate, before like the Star Wars, you know, before we had so much of the internet to expose a groupthink uh, that can come from a certain strain of nerddom. You know what I mean? It's obviously hashtag not all men, not all white men, not all nerds. You know, like all that's true. But like what's true is that when you get a bunch of people collectively losing their shit that like a couple of women are going to play Ghostbusters, that's a white male led, you know, movement. And that's the sort of thing that this is tapping into eons before its time. And uh, mm-hmm. that's what I really admire in retrospect. You know, and like Marty Noxon has always been interested in like, female darkness and male toxicity that's like her that's her vibe that's where she lives and this is just her like playground this season so um you know here we go joanna robinson we love you forever um hope to hear from you again in the very near future yeah whenever that might be happy birthday jenny (laughs) oh my god thank you Joanna Robinson, such a delight. Jenny, would you like to take a break from your hard hat? I think it's time to take a break from the hard hats. I saw you oh. just. I mean, we can keep them on for the rest of the. I just show had to you... switch ear. 
You okay? I had to switch AirPod ear, so are I had keep, to switch. Are we? Are we keeping? Headphones. We're keeping them on for the duration of the episode, or are we taking? It sounds them off like you'd like to take no, no, them no, off. No, 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 no. Well, I, I think at some point I'd like to take them off. I just I think mean, we have a little more work to do in these hard hats. You know, it's true. It's you know when you're right, you're right. Mm-hmm. Um. So, wow. The only other thing that I want to say about this construction scene uh, is that, well, I guess we already talked about it, really, that, like, even when witnessing, there's a lot of gaslighting happening. Uh, There's a Mm. lot of, a lot of gaslighting happening in this episode, um, and in particular in this scene with people really, Xander specifically, he sort of, like, is on board with the idea that something's going on, so he gets, like, a couple pennies for that. I don't know if you know any stories about two pennies, Jenny, but... He gets Mm, nothing comes to mind for some (laughs) reason. He gets a couple pennies. But other than that, like he really is. He's like angry with her. He's angry with her that demons have showed up to his job site, which seems really fucked up, even if she was not recovering from massive trauma. Um, But like given this situation, it's it's just it's especially bum. It especially bums me out. I have to tell you something, and I don't know if you are aware of it. I'm ready. Are you ready? Are no, Is probably. there something in, like, the first minute of the magic shop, of the magic box scene that, like, blew your fuck, that, like, blew your knickers up or whatever? Oh. Got your panties in a twist? My God, uh, you are not allowed to talk about my knickers nor my panties. Thank you very much. I mean, the <laughs> proverbial your, not, like, your individual knickers. Come on. No, what are you talking about? No knickers or panties in a bunch over here. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was just trying to find out if you oh, caught this thing that, that I caught no, it's on not. my final, on my most recent watch that I'd never noticed before. Okay, so Buffy's working retail, even though she just said like three minutes ago that she'd rather die than work retail. Mm-hmm. And Anya's explaining special orders, and we see the camera in the eye of the skull, which is so stupid. I'm so mad. It's so obvious. It's right freaking there. It's literally uh, where anyone that's not... would put a camera. Exactly. So while Anya is explaining special orders and holds, she says, let me illustrate this for you by uh, sharing a humorous anecdote about a customer. There was a customer who wanted to order a sapphire, well, ding dong. Yeah. A ding dong. Yeah. What? A dildo. Wait, surely what? what? A sapphire ding. If a ding dong is something other than a dick or something dick adjacent, I will do something untoward. <laughs> that's, that's what it that is. Means? She's definitely talking about a sapphire ding dong that pairs nicely with a crystal dildo. Do you think it was Tara disguising her voice calling into the magic <gasps> Somebody shop? Somebody said they're on Etsy. Somebody just said they're on Etsy. Hang on. So, Jenny, now is not the time to touch any buttons. <laughs> okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. When you're right, you're right. Wow. Okay. So, okay. Wow. 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 I was so confused by what it meant. I literally was like, I don't understand this joke. Ding dong. Is ding dong? No. It's definitely... She's definitely talking about what you think she's talking about, especially because of the way that she works up to it. Right. She's like, has like a nervous laugh and she's like, which makes oh. it like even more fun that the which trio made me think, is... was she the customer? 
Wow, I did not know we were going there. A swift turn from knickers and panties to sapphire dildos. It is buffering the vampire slayer. So, Buffy's working retail, even though just three minutes ago she said she would rather die than work retail. And then she's explaining (laughs) special orders. (laughs) And holds. And then there's a camera Stop in the eye of a skull. talking about my knickers. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do want to say there's a, there's a bit of a cutaway in the van, which we'll talk about because I well, I want to talk about it. But um, I just wanted to say that a listener wrote in um, Sarah Duncan, who uh, a, 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 one of many things in Sarah's email was, can you for Jenny's birthday do a time loop on the podcast to which my head exploded? And I was like, even I, Kristen Russo, have my limits. I don't know how to possibly execute such a thing. But for Sarah was like, it's it's actually very common for birthdays to be connected with time loops that like that's the thing that happens. Uh, Russian doll was referenced and some other stuff. Anyway, Sarah wrote in um, because Sarah studied time loops extensively in school and is now writing a fucking book on time loops in film and TV and the cultural work that they do and the societal trends that they reflect and radical liberatory potential of the loop. So fuck everybody with all of you because I can't with how we can crowdsource people. But can I just read you a little bit of Sarah's um, email? It's, it's, It's a brilliant email and it has a lot of points, but I pulled one out for us today. Hit me. In the context of Buffy coming back from heaven, she is experiencing human life as an obstacle course, and she's experiencing working in retail, prime capitalism, as circular and suffocating, just as suffocating as she is finding her friends and being back to life. But in the time loop, Buffy gets an opportunity to behave in ways she can't with her friends at this point. She insults people. She stamps on Giles' glasses. She says nonsense. She throws candles. She takes out her aggression. She rips the fucking bell off the door. I put the fucking in, could you tell? Uh, And she has adult tantrums, very reasonably. She doesn't get to be free to behave this way around her friends right now. She's on eggshells with them and they on her. While obviously the retail loop is not fun for Buffy, so to speak, it gives her a certain freedom at a time when she feels particularly trapped. Also, capitalism is a looping grind and the people behind the capitalist loop are white men. Done. Sarah, by the way, Sarah with an H, mduncan.com if you want to learn more about that time loop book. Because fucking yes. 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 Sometimes we don't have to yes. do the work. Sometimes Sarah Duncan's email us and do the work for us, you know? <laughs> um, yes. I'm like, I do the know. bell rings. <laughs> <laughs> did you see how many times? Did you just check out that mummy hand? How about when it had the tongs? That was funny. That's like Kristen's cultural analysis. <laughs> <laughs> uh yes. Um uh I like that in this cutaway to the van. Yeah. There is like a brief moment where I think Warren is talking and he says like, "Oh, you know, like college, the construction, or retail, she's completely without focus." <laughs> uh and then immediately his brain shifts to uh searching for free porn on the on the van television right well so. and this is like i'm not giving warren any credit i will never give warren a, a single iota of credit so nah you know, take that you know but i will say that i do like this moment that we get here um because jonathan 
Jonathan's about to do the spell that will cause this time loop that we were just discussing in the magic box. And he says, I need you to hold hands. And Andrew panics and is like with each other. Warren, meanwhile, like immediately goes to grab his hands. Like it's it's odd because you would think that like in this patriarchal trio of dudes that there would be sort of rampant homophobia. Uh, but Warren is ex- like especially comfortable with his sexuality. Like he just seems very comfortable with his sexuality. He doesn't bat an eye at holding Andrew's hand. And he says, well, mm-hmm. you know what homophobia really means about you, don't you? Um, and then Jonathan, to break it up with a little magic bone humor, says, stop touching my magic bone. So there's like some homosexuality in this scene that is used to explain how men can sometimes relate to each other uh, when they feel uncomfortable and they want to say no homo. Um, <laughs> but I think it's a good I, I like the I mean, listen, to to our knowledge, everyone in this van, uh, we, we don't know their sexualities. We know that Warren likes robots uh, and also women. And who knows about the rest of them? But I do like the moment of uncomfortability that we see from Andrew uh, and the way that it's sort of like acknowledged in a way that's not Warren's really fucked in so many ways but like the way that he the way that he makes that joke does not make me feel bad it like it really makes me feel like he's like leaving a space for his pal to be like yo like do you feel uncomfortable with this because there's something you want to tell us again fuck Warren but I'm familiar with this tactic as more of a something unpleasant like Mm. more of an attack or uh, an insinuation like an unpleasant insinuation a lot of I'm watching the chat. I shouldn't watch the chat. This is a live taping. What are we doing? Uh, <laughs> but yes, yes. I don't know. I just uh, I didn't think it was the worst uh, that had happened. But everyone is with you. Yes, thank you, Jenny. And yes, everyone's thanking thank me. You, Jenny. Uh, hero Jenny. of the rare hero moment thank, of the pod. Thank God. Jenny Owen Young. Thank God that one of the two 39 year old hosts was correct in her analysis. What the fuck? <laughs> um. I have two possible solutions for you. One is mm. lemon seduction candle, and the other one is essence of slug. slug Which do you slug, choose? Slug, slug, for slug, slug turn slug, to page slug. 69. <laughs> Um, so obviously we're, we're not going to execute a time loop here in the podcast. I wish we could, but we need some, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to do it in an entertaining way, in a way that doesn't make our brains just totally melt. Um, (laughs) but there are some things in the time loops that I would like to bring up because they're fun. Um, or, or I just have something to say about them. Uh, I love Sarah Michelle Gellar killing it. Killing it. I mean, she's been killing Doing it. so great. I mean, really, she's been killing it since she was playing Buffy the Vampire Slayer. But the first loop when she has the hand on the dagger of Lex and she says, it's just playing dead, little scamp. Smacks it. <laughs> so good. It's so good. That's a moment that I love. Anya telling Buffy in the second loop to keep calm. And the way she can keep calm is by picturing herself naked. <laughs> yes. So good. Just do what I do. Picture yourself naked. Hell yeah. Anya. Um, Scully gets brought up. The X-Files gets brought up. Actually, I didn't know if you had anything to say about that as an X-Files viewer. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Well, they referenced the sort of like time loop occurring in uh, an episode of Star Trek Next Generation, episode of The X-Files. There's also an episode of Xena that does it. Um, th- this This has shown up in... A lot of shows and a lot of genre shows over time. And those are three 
I think my favorite thing that happens in this whole time loop situation is when the mummy hand has the tongs yes. and is like clacking them uh, at Buffy I laugh. in a threatening like manner. I guffaw like an old fucking lady watching my stories. I like guffaw when the fucking hand has the tongs. I agree with you. It's <laughs> oh really <my> funny. <laughs> so, you know, the smart stuff about the time loop was already said. Thankfully, we have very smart listeners. Um, I also love when Buffy rips the bell off the door. And basically yeah. this, like, yeah. the, the purpose of this time loop is to, like, the I should say the key to this time loop is that she has to please this customer who wants the mummy hand. She has to figure out a way to please the customer who wants the mummy hand. It's like an escape room, but in a time loop. She mm-hmm. sorts it right mm-hmm. away. She, as we read in uh, Sarah's brilliant email, uh, figures out quite quickly that she can do whatever the fuck she wants and nobody is going to notice um, and has all of these rounds of trying to tackle the mummy hand, what have you. And then she fucking realizes, thank God, that she can do a shipment. Uh, You fill out two shipment slips, as Giles has told her in the beginning. Anya and Giles paired so beautifully in their love for order in their retail shop. Um, And so she sells the mummy hand and the time loop stops. Buffering, a rewatch adventure, is sponsored by Care Of. Care Of is a health and wellness company that ships high-quality, personalized vitamins, supplements, and powders conveniently to your door every month. All you do to get started is take a short, simple online quiz about your lifestyle and health goals, and Care Of will give you doctor-backed recommendations. Their app helps you track how you're feeling and play back insights about your results over time so you can actually adjust your routine as your needs change. It's very cool. My number one health goal in this and every season is keeping my energy at maximum capacity. (laughs) A lot of little tributaries feed into that larger stream and contribute to your energy level. But a really important one is B vitamins. B for bright, for bubbly, for buoyant, for feeling better. B for buffering. I think the vitamin B is working, Jenny. (laughs) I think so, too. For 50% off your first Care Of subscription order, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter code REWATCH50. That's 50% off your first Care Of subscription order. Just go to TakeCareOf.com and enter code REWATCH50. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Buffy quits and we hear the doorbell ring for the last do you time. Do you think that the doorbell goes ding dong or no it clearly goes ding ding (laughs) it very clearly goes ding ding okay um okay look what it's It's now time it's now time the time has arrived wow 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 uh jenny i'm gonna prepare come out and prepare the stage 
Before we talk about anything, well, first of all, everybody is flipping out that Joanna Robinson and Latoya Ferguson are on screen together. So is there oh, anything yeah. that you would like to discuss with each other before we I do am, our shot? I am so thrilled and honored to be here with Latoya. I'm so, I've been like such a huge like fan of yours f- like same, from same, afar same, same. for like ever. No, fan of yours, not fan of me, but yeah. I got anyway. so excited <laughs> when um, I found out that you were going to take over the Angel podcast. I lost my, I think I like DM'd you when I found out you had a Vampire Diaries podcast because I didn't know and I was like I will come on to talk about Ian Summerholder anytime you want me to <laughs> yeah uh, we're we're ramping up now to do uh, our bonus episodes and possibly start a Patreon however that works so <laughs> call me I want to come on uh, talk about how Caroline is the best and Elena is boring mm-hmm. and all of that uh, mm. and uh, careful I'm only on episode 12 <laughs> we're a pro Elena podcast uh, pro Elena if she's you will fine. <laughs> she's fine she's fine um anyway i huge fan is all i want to say <laughs> i love you too joanna um bef- joanna before we do our shot and uh then talk to latoya somebody has asked that we try to do a four a four-way high five in the corner can we do it and Ye- somebody grab the are we all okay so we're all in which, which, oh, yours? which corner oh. your Shit. your I, hand we're is, all different yeah yeah we oh I'm in, the, I'm in my internal so corner, we, but yeah, we'll this just is like we'll a, coffin, yeah. a coffin, a coffin high five. Oh, okay, yeah, that's true. That's true. A that's coffin true. high five. Or, or so we're doing this. My arms are long enough to reach. Wow, my wingspan really isn't that long. I'm realizing. I know. I'm the same. I'm like, I don't Hi, like Adam. anything that's happening here. Okay, great. So we um, did that. We did it. It's over. Okay. Okay. Um, can I uh, lead us into the shot? Because I I made a promise on Twitter, so I have to. Live up to it, I guess. Um, oh, nice. Happy birthday, Jenny. <gasps> Thank you. I can't change, even if I tried, even if I wanted to. She keeps me warm. Chin chin. <laughs> ah, I'm uh, sorry, everyone. Uh, I am so sorry. Okay, that shot wow. was bigger than well, I anticipated it being. Uh, Ooh, so sorry. <laughs> Um, Latoya, Latoya, don't you that was dare the best ever thing. apologize for singing anything at me or anyone else, please. <laughs> Joanna Robinson. Uh-huh. Thank you for your sapphire dildos. Thanks for having your... me. <laughs> Plural. Bye to you guys. Bye to your listeners. Bye. <laughs> Joanna. Wow. Latoya fucking it's me. Ferguson. It's you. Um, we have a few things to discuss with you, but I think we should start with Angel. Can you tell us, do you have any theories about what you think may or may not have happened when Angel and Buffy met in Oxnard, California? I mean, I think they did a lot of talking and a lot of pauses. Just a lot of <laughs> a lot of pauses. Hmm. What do you mm-hmm. think Angel wore to the meeting? Well, I'm hoping he's he brought those leather pants, you know, from Cat- that thing of mine, <laughs> honestly. Leather pants, yeah. You were into those leather pants? I didn't I wasn't clear <laughs> oh, on I, your I opinion. So mm. just for everyone yeah. who wasn't clear uh, on that old gang of mine, I really love those casual leather pants. Especially <laughs> when I rewound them and then saw it again and rewound it again and then saw it again and then rewound it again. When I see all these people wearing leather pants all the time in the Buffyverse, all I can think of is the episode of Friends in which Ross gets a pair of leather <laughs> pants and then they get like stuck halfway off and halfway on. And he used the powder to take them off and he like, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. 
Yes. Yeah. It's good. He makes like a paste with the lotion and the yeah, powder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's mm. funny that you bring up like you make the first rep- friends reference because in my notes, I made a friends reference and it was not related to leather pants. What's actually. your friends reference? Well, it's the whole uh, Buffy situation. Uh, the whole see, no one told you life was going to be this way. Your your job's a joke <laughs> broke. Your love life's COA. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like you're always mm-hmm. second, second year. Yes. When it hasn't been your day, your week, your month, <laughs> or even your year. <laughs> Do you have a feeling about POV in this episode, Latoya? Like, do you have a feeling on what we were positing earlier of like, is this reality or is it like really dramatized because it's Buffy's like PTSD POV? So many (laughs) PTSD POV. So many acronyms. Uh, POV really only kind of makes sense, you know, for uh, the UC study L stuff, you know, and and the the metaphysics of that really. I, in theory, in time loops, you know, that's a, that's a whole metaphysics. It's like, is the Groundhog Day situation, which I like one of my favorite things in just all of TV is like anytime a show does Groundhog Day. Legends of Tomorrow did a great Groundhog Day episode. Dark Matter does a great Groundhog Day episode. Uh, yeah, anytime a show does it, it like it's 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 very hard to fail. Lost Girl did a great one. This episode of television is, is great because they do <laughs> Groundhog Day in one act. And it's like, it's that competent. Like, I would say anyone who wants to learn how to, like, write for TV, watch this episode of television. This episode is, like, just perfect in terms of act structure. You mm-hmm. just do, like, this. Buffy needs to do this. So you have the construction, and then you have the magic box, and then you have, you know, Dark Knight of the Soul and everything. It's, yeah, it's... Mm-hmm. Mm. It's really good TV writing, if you will. Even if, like, I was telling you, Kristen, you know, I had some issues with, like, the general story, especially early on, but like in terms of like act structure and like here's what you do to tell a story, it's kind of perfect. Yeah. Well, do you want to talk about that for a second? Like the the because I wanted I want to talk to you in addition to uh, your theories on on Angel and Buffy, which you've given us uh, about Spike, because I know you have Spike feelings. But talk to us for a second about what um, where your issues were in the in the start of the episode. So I won't go too far into this just because like I don't want to get into a spoiler territory, but like. Like the previously from Flooded, which is uh, the Spike situation uh, with Buffy, where she says, why are you always around when I'm miserable? And Spike says, "Uh, because that's when you're when you're alone, I I reckon. And I I, I'm I'm sorry to to make uh, buffering listeners hate me. Basically, I do not uh, ship Spike and Buffy. And it's for reasons like this. It's um, that's abuse speak, basically. Um, it's very romantic and sweet uh, to begin with, but like when you like listening to that, I was just like, "This is literally misery loves company." Is what is happening here? Red flags, red flags, red flags, and uh, that's all I will say about that here because obviously I, I don't want. But once we go further, obviously maybe I'll chime in and and get yeah. People and these as things. you can as you can see from the chat, you are not alienating buffering listeners. I think uh, we have been alienating buffering listeners. <laughs> Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of people uh, agreeing, but I thought that Riley was the worst well, man no. we've ever seen. You know ever what, Jenny? You can go right on. What well, do I have? What well, do I have? Riley issues too. Which my Riley issues are that um, people hate Riley, but it's never for the reasons that they should hate Riley. Which is that mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know how mm-hmm. everyone gives uh, Xander shit for all of his toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm, they never mm-hmm. give Riley that shit. Which is that's the actual problem with Riley. Mm. Mm. Okay, okay. 
As long as you have yes, a problem with Riley, yes. we're good. Uh, and I, 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 I also, as long as you've thought about the problem you have with Riley, we're good. Yeah, and I also, I mean, I think we've talked about this a little bit already in season six of Buffy with Spike and Buffy and their connection right now and that it is it is fully rooted in trauma, right? Like it's a thousand percent what they see I mean, we could talk about what Spike sees in Buffy, but what Buffy is like seeing in Spike, the reason Buffy is connecting to Spike uh, in this scene and in other scenes that we've seen so far this season is because nobody sees her trauma the way that Spike sees her trauma, Mm. which there's there's a lot of conversation to be had there. But there is something about like being a person. I was just talking to somebody about this, like being a person who's had uh, panic attacks and meeting somebody else who said panic attacks that like despite the relationship outside of that, you feel find solace in the being seen and the seeing you know that like that there that connection is there yeah it, it's also it's kind of like the heather's uh like situation with like jd where like he sees you but also he's a fucking toxic mess mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to be super clear i don't think anybody on this podcast is defending uh trauma based relationships i'm just just i'm just pointing that out as their connection <laughs> Okay, so we know you we know you don't ship Buffy and Spike. Do you ship Buffy and Angel? Only in the first three seasons of Buffy. It's okay. not like I, I like I want her to end up with Angel. No, 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 no. Okay. There's been there's been some there's been some wild uh, internet action recently about such things. I am aware. <laughs> uh, with my my good friend Stacey Abrams. Uh, um, just should, can I do the plug real quick? Uh, yes. Uh, I along with my my friend. Uh, Ian Carlos Crawford interviewed Stacey Abrams for Slayer Fest 98. You can check that out on the Slayer Fest 98 feed. Fuck yes. Fuck yes. LaToya. That's me. Is there anything else you would like to talk to us about within the confines of this episode or outside, really? Anything in the, in the universe? Is there anything? Within the confines say? of the episode. So I feel like um, I was just giving you... I, I'm sorry that I just like texted you negative things. <laughs> LaToya, like, fuck this. <laughs> fuck this and like i was i was asleep and then like the last text was like also i like the retail just in case you needed a positive take (laughs) (laughs) yeah i didn't mean to be so mean i'm like because i started with like this is one of my favorite season six episodes and then i got like really angry (laughs) i've been i've been having a time you guys uh if you see all the the ananalic songs i post on my twitter you should know (laughs) i'm going through it right now so I think that the metaphor they're doing with Buffy doesn't 100% work, which is that, you know, yeah. you're out of high school and everything. It's like, so what are you going to do now? Um, I think they did it so much better with Xander for seasons four and five. And like, four, like mm-hmm. I think season five is like the, the perfect Xander season. Like Xander is at his peak in season five and he's at his nadir here in season six without spoiling anything. Sorry, um, but that's just what it is. <laughs> and I think doing it with Buffy doesn't work because again, she was dead. Her life was over. She has no reason to think about what's going to happen in her life because her life was over. No more life. And then these people, her friends who she, who she loves and who love her brought her back. And not only did they not plan for her finances, like they, they are the reason she is broke and she owes money and all yeah. of these things. Like of the things you can get so angry with, with these characters, especially like the fact that they didn't do any of the paying bills. Like they should have honestly come at least at the very least come with a, up with a financial plan before they decided to bring back Buffy. Yes. Like you couldn't just been like, we're not going to pay bills. And then like Buffy will solve it all. Like, why would Buffy solve it all? She's Buffy. It's like at the very, even if they didn't have a plan for before she came back, 
they should be sitting down as a complete unit and talking about how they're going to solve the financial issues, not being like, so Buffy, how are we going to fix this? Like, she might be the one to slay the vampires, but everybody is is in bed to, like, solve this financial crisis, not just her. And so that's why it's so great when uh, Dad Giles um, chimes in and, like, eventually he's like, here's this check, probably for tens of thousands of dollars to fix things. And that's great. But, of course, the issue is the fact that Buffy's like, Oh, you'll always be around. Yes. Mm-hmm. No. And he, the other issue is that I think that construction was actually the job for Buffy. I think <laughs> that's the thing that works. I uh-huh. think that's what she's a natural at. It's The episode in general ignores the fact that Buffy is so very privileged in the fact that she has the ability to just audit these classes like this. She can get on like a construction crew because of Xander. Yeah. She can just have this job at retail, which she sticks her nose up at because, again, Buffy is an upper middle class girl. Mm-hmm. We have to acknowledge. And an upper middle class mm-hmm. white girl, yeah. which she is. But, like, it really did not sit well with me. Like, many times in my life, um, I, a college graduate with a degree wish I could have gotten a job in real t- retail, but I was always overqualified mm. is what I always got. Um, and, and the times I was hmm. very much struggling. So I believe this is a great place to play the white supremacy jingle. I, I think that's what it is. You know what that sounds like to me? What? White supremacy. Without spoiling <laughs> without spoiling anything for the rest of the season, I will say I don't think this is the last time that we will interface with some of Buffy's white privilege when it comes to mm-hmm. financial needs and ways in mm-hmm. uh, ways to meet those. Now I have one thing to actually wrap things up. <laughs> <laughs> Please, Latoya. Oh my uh, god, I love you so much. <laughs> so on uh, Angel on Top, which I now host, I do a segment where I say <laughs> There's a WB episode oh, that yes! Angel should yes! watch. Oh, shit. I think there's a, a WB episode that both Buffy and the entire Scooby gang <laughs> should watch right now. Hell yeah. Which is uh, episode five, season two of Everwood, Daddy's Little Girl. It is the episode dealing with Amy Abbott's depression. Um, she is in therapy. Her therapist decides she needs to be on antidepressants. And her father, uh, Dr. Abbott, is like, no, she should not be. Uh, but eventually he says, okay, he'll, he'll allow it. And you know what? Uh, ultimately, uh, spoiler alert, mm. uh, during this uh, antidepressant situation, you know who she meets? A cute boy played by... <laughs> Paul Wasilewski, Paul Wesley of the Vampire Diaries. <gasps> this is also the episode where Delia says shit on the WB. And you know what? Uh, people on Buffy should be allowed to say shit. Wow. 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 Latoya, like, I want you to pick up your microphone and then drop it. You know, I don't I don't think it'll really play well in this current setting, but that is really <laughs> That was what the notebook slap was. And uh, yes. <laughs> it was, it was. I, I felt the energy. Latoya Ferguson, um, I'm going to do a thing I do often on this podcast, which is to request publicly in front of everyone that Jenny Owen Young's make a jingle 
for you inside of this podcast. Yes! All I have is like a Detective Angel jingle. Like I don't have a Latoya Ferguson jingle and I need one. I want one. It's time. It's time. Thank you. Thank it's you very time. much. We'll, we'll get you that jingle uh, because you need to come back a lot. You have a lot of really fucking great shit to say. And you we need also, you. You also look great in a hard hat. I kind of hope that anytime you come on this podcast, you put that hard <laughs> hat back on. Kristen is not wrong. I might wear the hard hat to record the Carpe Noctum episode. Oh my God. Uh, yeah, you're going right from here to record <laughs> Carpe Noctum. It's really like we're doing this in real life. Like, it's like you're just going from one to the other. So, uh, wow. thank you, Latoya. We love you. Uh, you are the fucking best. And okay. I hope you have a great recording of Carpe Noctum. I hope you do too. I, I am upset I will not be here for uh, the rest of the, the show because I have to prepare for the Carpe Noctum. It will be here again. for you. It will always be here for you. I did not you. have power for most of the day. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Enjoy uh, your tequila. Please give our respectful regards to Morgan Ludich. Yes, please do. Love you guys. <laughs> I love you too. Love you, love you Bye. Bye. Farewell. Latoya fucking ferguson you know what you i know mean know what i mean how can, how, the best. Can you, how can you even keep talking uh, like i just it's just there's a lot i yeah well jenny uh, here we are just you and we me. ever get so lucky one okay. in a hard hat one not in a hard hat okay yes okay everybody okay. in the chat is just latoya 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 wow latoya rules. we agree we agree very 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 much all of us are the chat um, um kitten poker we get some kitten poker. <laughs> we do. One of these demons looks a lot like Rudy Giuliani. No, take it back. I'm I'm so I I, know, I don't I make know the rules which, of my eyes. I know what you mean, but it's upsetting. I don't want the like on the bingo card that everybody is playing with. Like I don't I Rudy Giuliani is not on it and I I wish that he was not a thing that you could tick off on your bingo card. You know what I mean? Uh happy to meet happy to meet Clem. <gasps> Clem, Clem. What a delight. Do you think, I have a question. Do you think Clem was cheating with the ace? Or do you think he literally was like, I didn't know that was there? Because I feel like the latter is true for Clem. Is it a spoiler to say based on what, you know, our, what we learn about Clem? That no. like, I feel like it's just not his style to no, cheat. No, I think that's a light. I think that's uh, what we would call a light spoiler allowed here in the podcast and elsewhere. Uh, yeah, I don't think, I don't think Clem was uh, cheating. I fucking love him i have to um pick a bone and not jonathan's magic one with uh buffy's release of the kittens i don't i feel like this is an that's take them outside actually take them to a shelter ma'am carry the kittens away from the demons don't just be like run free. they're just gonna scoop them back up into the they're kittens <sighs> do you remember how they Alf do also the eight cats the kittens are Delicious. Oh, right. Alf eats cats, huh? Yeah. I was kind of hoping that, like, Alf was also at the poker table. Would be a good universe blend. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I would like to also say that I'm very upset with the way that Spike behaves in this whole scene. Like, I know we've talked about Spike and and problematic shit, but, like, just in a moment-to-moment, beat-by-beat thing in the bar, in the demon bar, they get drunk, mm. they go to the demon bar, Buffy's drinking out of a bottle. When they're there, Spike does this thing that I feel like I recognize of, like, you really desire somebody. You want to be their partner. And so you speak about them like they are your partner. It's I don't right. like it. It makes me feel very uncomfortable. I think it's a really shit move. And it's mm. obviously Buffy's a little too drunk to even, like, pick up on it. But she's not into it. I'm not into it. Thank you for mm-hmm. coming to this TED Talk. 
Anytime. Yeah. Anytime. You know what I'm into. What are you into, Jenny? What I am into is just this like beautiful refrain of bleh. <laughs> that they somehow managed to like do exactly the right amount of times. Mm-hmm. They like mm-hmm. nailed it. It's always the right amount of uh, the the right amount of time passes between each one. Uh, so that it's always satisfying whenever it happens and funny. Jane Espenson. Uh, love that. Nick love Mark. That. Dude, <laughs> what the f- actual fuck is with Buffy's shirt? She has a shirt that has like the can- like something that looks like a a cameo cutout like silhouette profile oh, of yeah, somebody's like head, but it's like on her abdomen. It's, it's so very weird. weird. It's very weird. So fucking uh, weird. So they play kid and poker. Spike behaves inappropriately, in my opinion. Uh-huh. And uh, they don't really get any information from these fucking demons. We go to the van. We hear the bond argument, which we've heard a lot about. Uh, yep, I would yep, like yep. to say that Warren says, uh, I guess, what we would refer to as the R word here uh, in this space. And it is something that I want to point out as like really fucked up. Um, and also, I it is not the last time we will hear ableist language in this season. It's not the first time we've heard it in this sh- in the show. But um, mm. I do feel like this uh, season six specifically, really, there's a lot of moments of ableist language that. That, uh, we will be calling out. So fuck you, Warren. <laughs> fuck you, Warren, for literally all the reasons. We will just add this to our spread. And then Buffy comes out of the bar and she sees the van. And she's like, yo, Spike, uh, I recognize that van. She's, she's like, not too drunk to recognize the van. We have the motorcycle, but if you really want the van. She is strolling up on She's taking her time walking up on that van. Tip, toe, tip, toe. <laughs> They happen to look up from their bond fight uh, just in time to see that she's very close. And uh, poof, an enormous, actually not entirely dissimilar from Tim Curry's portrayal of like the dar- the Lord of Darkness or whatever in Legend. Yes. This be- huge red bewinged demon thing <laughs> comes out and is all like, Brah! Buffy is drunk, so she's not her best at fighting. Uh, the demon is actually Jonathan, so he's not his best at fighting. The van dries off. Wait, and then two. I have two. Jonathan things. tosses a smoke bomb. What? I have two. I have two things to comment on in what you just said. One, no. uh, for the avid listener, I would love a list of all of the things Jenny has bead. A uh, be winged, be you know what I mean? Like there's be spectacled is a be wigged and bewildered. Right, classic I just, episode. There's been a lot of bees in the Jenny Onion vernacular. Behatted definitely was one of them. So I would love a list uh, for anyone who feels like making one. And also, um, when Demon Jonathan throws his like smoke bomb and he's like what does he say i call him a misty portal where i will go to my demon dimension to lay my <laughs> head and gently die then the like smoke rises if you watch mm-hmm. closely you will see that james marsters is hysterically laughing for <laughs> one beat before he then like gets into character and it somehow is oh, in the fuck. show. And it's I, I assume they've shot the scene separately. Maybe they were laughing about something else, but it just looks like he is hysterical at this ridiculous demon that Jonathan is playing. It's great. Great. Anyway. Great. Uh do you feel do you feel sexy at all, Jenny? Do you wanna when do I not? I mean, it is my birthday. <laughs> oh, let me tell you a little story about the sexual tension awards. 
Once again, for that most heated and moist of competitions, neck and neck, these competitors, each one as worthy as the next, shall go head to head. And only one thing can reveal to all of us who is most deserving of this episode's Sexual Attention Award trophy. And that thing is democracy, our beautiful listenership. We call upon you now to cast your vote on Twitter, at BufferingCast, for one of the following noms in each of the four upcoming slots. Here we go! As the listeners have noted in the chat, we are allowing Jenny to get away with this kind of language, <laughs> moist slot and birthday nom Jenny. for her birthday. birthday. Jenny. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I hope Jenny making a chainsaw noise was on bingo. On slot number one. The listeners are asking for a live poll. Oh, live poll. In slot number one. Yes, we have Willow and her favorite part of the chicken, breasts. I'm listen. I can only do one of two things: make this poll or react. So, Jenny, you're on your own. <laughs> In slot number two, you maniacal shippers, you will not be tamed, and thus we have no choice but to give you Spike and Buffy as an option. In this slot. Two noms in one slot. Fuck okay. you. <laughs> uh, in slot number three. <laughs> well, it was always just a matter of time. It's Andrew and Scully, Special Agent Dana Scully, if you know what I mean. And in the fourth slot, we have one final nom for you and that is Jonathan <laughs> and his magic bone <laughs> hallelujah okay those wow. are your noms wow. in each of their slots please <laughs> go ahead <laughs> or scoot on over to twitter oh and cast God. your vote dear listeners at home but Kristen, you'll you're all you also made a poll live in the, in the chat I for did. this taping. jonathan and his magic bone are doing great 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 <laughs> uh, if you'd like to vote if you were not here for the live taping and you'd like to vote on twitter you can uh vote at buffering cast the poll will be up for a week but i will tell you what jonathan and his magic bone are <laughs> doing soaring great. ahead right, soaring strong ahead. out of the gate and all that right. has been your Sexual Attention Awards. Thank you, Jenny, for all of the slots and noms in this moist, moist space. Unlimited slots and noms in this moist cavern of, of lust and uh, excitement. Honorable mention, Sapphire, Dildo, and all of us. Also, Incredible call. Also, I Wait. will say, I will say that somebody in the in the feed said uh, Anya and herself naked, which is a really, oh really my God. great, yes. great nom. It's a great nom. Um, we're sorry that we well, didn't we failed. It. That's for your bad, birthday. Jenny. Uh, bad, Jenny. Okay, so um, okay, let the spell be ended, says Jonathan. 
Warren, as I've said many times now, gently wraps Jonathan in a blanket when he gets into the van, which gives me such a thrill. Um, I'm so happy you're happy. I'm happy. Uh, And... You know, they the the trio has done a couple things. They've actually gotten some data. They've uh, done more than they should have ever been able to do, in our collective opinion. I believe it's true. Uh, and a miracle. In addition to getting data on the Slayer, they have also discovered. Actually, I'm going to leave this for you, uh, 1080p PhD Jenny Onyoungs. What did they find? Free cable porn. <laughs> do you do you remember do you remember being a kid and like like porn was on I think pay per view when we were kids right right and you it was could fuzzy, like click, it was hard to see right you could like click the channel to get to pay per view and if you didn't pay for it you couldn't see it clearly but you could still like kind of hear it and kind of see it. And that was definitely like a 1980s and 90s experience that yeah. I think of when I think of uh, free cable porn. Yeah. Not okay. necessary anymore. Well, well, it's only been two hours and 15 minutes of us talking. So, you know, <laughs> we're at the last scene, uh, the last scene, which really connects to Flooded, I think. Um, and I have some issues with it. I think we kind of spelled some of them out in the last episode, but... Giles uh, is very it's very sweet. Buffy's home. She's sick. She's drank too much. Uh, She says really relatably. She thinks she may have turned inside out at one point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Giles is there. He has water for her and he's very, very sweet. And she's talking about how, like, the phone company doesn't have this kind of sympathy for her. And Giles gives Buffy a check. Which is wonderful. This called to mind uh, memories of the classic Rihanna Smashola, Brit better have my money. A dad joke for dad. A dad joke. A dad joke from the dad of the pod to the dad of the television show. Very nice. Mm-hmm. 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 Giles should give Buffy money, but he should have given Buffy money sooner. And he should not act as though this is a big deal. He has a lot of money, it would Mm -hmm. be assumed. And also, he is literally the only caretaker that Buffy has left. And I will go further in this argument and say, why does he look at her like he won't be there for her forever? He's her fucking watcher. She's still a fucking slayer. What is happening? Guess we'll just have to keep watching the series and find out. But in the meantime... I'm so mad. But in the meantime, Buffy's going to go show this check to Don. Further proof that our casting of Gabby Don was a bullseye. <sighs> yeah. Uh, there's a cute quip in here, I will say, where jo- uh, where Buffy is like, you know, I. it's a little bit like having mom back. And Giles is like, so... So I'm your mom. In this scenario, I'm your mother. Uh, and uh, you know, he's like, could you, could you, could you, could you maybe have a what does he call it? A rakish uncle. Rakish uncle. A yeah. Rakish uncle. Uh, Hot so, uncle. So that's fun. It's but to the rest of this scene is not fun. Um, we love Giles here. We are a Giles positive space, but I think Giles yeah. is. Giles is showing his, and we talked about this in Flooded, but like Giles is showing his relationship to wealth um, and and his ignorance at what, like how wealth sets him apart from this current set of circumstances. He's really, really like 
Buffy needs to really figure her stuff out. She needs to have responsibility. She needs to, like, get a job and and what have you. And we're not here for it. Giles, thank you. Kate, Kate, very, very aptly saying Giles does not get his jingle for this. (laughs) Well... That's it. This is the point in the live taping where I would throw my notes into the audience like a rock star. And instead there I just she drop them on the again. floor. <laughs> <sighs> well, well, b- before we get into the actual denouement of mm-hmm. the podcast here, uh, please, if you have a recording device of any kind, a phone, anything like that at home, get it ready. Because what we love to do in our live tapings is have you all record your awoos with us so that we can Mm -hmm. put them in the podcast Mm -hmm. in this Mm -hmm. year, 2020, where the landscape has changed. Um, And while you get that ready, we can, you know, in case you were wondering who we were this whole time. Oh, my God. Thank God. Finally, some clarity. Well, I'm Jenny Owen Youngs. And when I'm not making this podcast, gosh, I'm doing some other stuff. I make another podcast about another petite blonde protagonist called Veronica Mars Investigations. You can find that in all of the pod places. I also make a whole bunch of music. I've been uh, releasing a bunch of jams this year. You can find them all uh, by visiting JennyOwenYoungs.com or searching my entire name on Spotify or wherever you stream music. (gasps) And you can always give me a shout on Twitter at Jenny Owen Youngs. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're watching this live taping right now, you can give Jenny a shout on Twitter and say, happy fucking birthday, Jenny. You could do that and I would be so thankful. So, but also so no glad. stress if you're so busy. So glad to welcome you into this beautiful year of 39, uh, along with me, your other host, uh, Kristen Nolene. Uh, you can spell that with an N and O and E and L and I and N and another E. It's Kristen with an I, just in case you missed that beginning part. And you can learn about the work that I do with the LGBTQ community by going to my website, kristennoline.com. You could also give me a shout on Twitter or on Instagram, at Kristen Nolene. You can say, what does it feel like, Kristen? What does it feel like to be the same precise age as Jenny Owen Young's? And I will tell you, it feels fantastic. Uh, But you better ask me within the next 25 days. I know. Uh, Aaliyah asked a great question in the chat. Does it matter which order we put the letters in? It doesn't. Not at all. I'm very powerful. And no matter what order you put them in, you will find me. Wow. All Uh, roads lead to Kristen. They do. Jenny, who are we? Collectively, Buffering the Vampire Slayer is on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at BufferingCast. Or drop us an email at BufferingTheVampireSlayer at gmail.com. Or leave us a voicemail at 216-30-BUFFY. Yes, you can do all of those things. You can support our work, uh, which is exp- ever-expanding uh, on our Patreon. You can also, you saw Latoya Ferguson earlier, who is the host of Angel on Top. You can support Angel on Top's Patreon. Uh, find all of that at bufferingthevampireslayer.com. The Angel on Top Patreon is just angelontop.com. It brings you right there. It's super easy to do. You can get all kinds of perks. I will say also, uh, we have some really good merchandise uh, in our store. You can find that by clicking store on bufferingthevampireslayer.com. And if you want a really wonderful place to put your dollars and your cents, um, we are raising money for Georgia in a whole lot of ways. You heard uh, you heard some of them up at the top of this episode. And you can find all of that information at bufferingthevampireslayer.com slash for Georgia. Everybody, 
get ready. Open up your voice memo app and hit record, okay? Because we're about to do it. Oh, my God. I'm about to say, till next time. Ow. Happy birthday, Jenny. down six feet underneath the ground somehow i spent all the money that there was five months later i awoke freshly undead freshly broke i wish money didn't matter but it does i've been working the late shift for a while i've been working the late shift a smile I work the night away but I don't get paid for my time four people living in my house but three of them ain't helping out turns out bills aren't magic and don't pay themselves I make swamp monsters go kerplat in two pigtails and one hard hat. But fighting demons doesn't put food on the shelves. I've been working the late shift for a while. I've been working the late shift with a smile. I work the night away, but I don't get paid. I know that that's like becoming oh. a catchphrase on this podcast at this point, but like, what? It's only thirty six ninety nine. It is only uh, yeah. Only how much? Thirty six ninety nine. Actually, right? That's <laughs> so. So the number sixty nine is in surprisingly there for you, affordable. Thirty six ninety nine. It, it is cheap a, for, it is a for what it is. Seven inch sapphire spiral glass dildo. Help. Here, hold on. Would you like to see it in someone's hand? Will that help you? Like. <laughs> I have one more. Oh, God. Why? The hand is so. Oh, okay. <laughs> look at that French manicure uh-huh. holding that sapphire dildo. <laughs> Hold up. 
Hi, I'm Madigan from Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist, the podcast that explores the world through a personal, intersectional feminist perspective. I bring you two episodes a week. Every Monday, I cover something from a wide variety of topics, covering everything from feminist faves throughout history like Audre Lorde, listener coming out stories, and other hot-button topics like toxic masculinity and the Me Too movement, as well as plenty feminist history, the good and the controversial. And then every Friday, I bring you a mini What's in the News episode to keep you up to date with everything that's going on today in the world. And with over 580 episodes available to you right now, there's plenty of good stuff to listen to. You can listen to Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to rage on. Bye.